Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find Nick and I on most platforms at HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch, though. Go to the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook and interact with us there or shoot us an email, info at hypercleanstore.com. All right, Nick, I'm diving into a beer that I enjoyed the other day and I've been waiting to enjoy it again. So I'm going to enjoy it here with you today. And it's a India Pale Ale. It's interesting they put on there, they make sure to say it's cold. It's cold India Pale Ale. because You definitely don't want to drink a hot one. I, I agree, but... But the interesting title of this is why I wanted to save it is it's called Allegedly. <laughs> oh, I think everybody for the next hour is about to find out why that's pretty <laughs> funny. So what a choice <laughs> for those of people that don't think you have a huge brain. Look at you uh, proving your teachers wrong from high school and college and whatnot. Hey, the front of the short bus pays off every once in a while. <laughs> hey, I think that's the motto of the industry, isn't it? So, um, you buying or selling? What, what are you buying or selling? Well, I'm going to sell where we're at with trucking in the United States. Boy, oh boy, it is. Don't all have your car? I got it last night. Hey, look at you. Um, you got a cover on it and everything already, got, right? Got a, co got a cover. Uh, was. Look, man, I'm, I'm pretty patient with this stuff. I've been in the car world a long time, bought a lot of cars. You know, we just had like two Broncos out of the blue show up at a dealership that we're picking up for clients right now. I mean, we all know the nuttiness of the car market the last couple of years. But here's the most amazing thing. The guy calls me yesterday who's got the, you know, he's the one, he's all by himself driving the truck. You know, this is what he does. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop it off on Monday morning. I'm just leaving Albuquerque. Now, here's the interesting thing about modern trucking. I can go log on to my account and see where the truck is. The truck is like halfway between Phoenix and Las Vegas. But I don't say anything. I'm like, oh, good. You know, see you on Monday. I'll make, you know, I got some things lined up for those following Instagram stories today. Had a bunch of coding jobs lined up, stuff like that. Marty, like an hour later, the guy calls me. He goes, hey, I'm going to be in Vegas a little early. I said, you don't say, I said, bud, I can see where the truck is. I knew you weren't going to be here tomorrow. You're going to be here in like what? Six, seven o'clock tonight. He goes, yeah, that's about right. I said, okay, let me direct you of where to go. I've unloaded a bunch of cars. Here's the best place for you to go. And that way you're not on a main street trying to unload the car. Guy didn't listen to a thing. I said, Marty parked right on one of the main streets. I go to the side street. I told him to park on where you'd have the calmest. There's nobody there. He could have stretched his legs. He's got hazards on. He's already got the car off, all this different stuff. So I look at him and I, with a smile, literally said, I said, you just kind of do what you want, huh, bud? He goes, what do you mean? This is a perfect place in any Marty cars are flying by me at like 50 miles an hour. <laughs> I got my car that I got. I had to drive because he drove too far away. I got hazards on. I got the, and I'm going, you were in Albuquerque an hour ago which wasn't true. 
you were supposed to be here actually the third of May, but it's great that you're early. I'm in. Not one thing they told me during this whole process was accurate. And I go, do we not have the technology just to understand what's going on in trucking at this point? And I guess the answer is no. Guess not, man. <laughs> I mean, guess it's not. wild. Not one thing was true, which it's all good. The car got here. I haven't, I did a little bit of an assessment, made sure there was no damage, but Hey, we're here. The car's here. Uh, I've been having, I went on a big drive last night, uh, drove it around this morning as well. So, you know, having look, fun? oh yeah, dude, it's sweet. I'm glad we got it. And we'll be sharing a lot of content around that car. Cool. Excited to see it. All right. So I am, uh, I'm buying all things Sam's club, I'm buying all things Sam club. Gotta love that Sam's club, man. The more I go back, the more I just fall in love. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really become, I think the new place for, you know, Walmart sightings, I think is, you know, there's that, there's that meme page where all the cool people you see at Walmart. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Listen, the farmer Joe that comes in with one, one overall, uh, tucked into his boots, man, you gotta love that guy. Like you gotta love the people are there. It's super fun. Everybody's there throwing all kinds of shit in their, their cart. Uh, you can go and find some of the most random things that are actually sometimes kind of nice, right? Like sometimes kind of different. It's not quite a Walmart experience. It's like an upscale Walmart where you, you buy two bags of cheese instead of one for some reason. Speaking of cheese, though, one reason why I am buying all things Sam's Club is because there was this amazing gentleman that said at the little stand and he would hand out little snacks right like the whole place was full of that but this guy had literally one of the best best grilled cheeses i've ever had <laughs> you know i normally don't take the snacks that they hand out but i just saw this guy and i was like god damn he's he's really taking a lot of pride in what he's doing he's cutting in there like he's like you want grilled cheese i go damn straight i do like give me that like and i bit into that and i just went whole oh, like he made me want to get whatever he had and go make as many. And I think he was just selling the bread or something. I don't know. Like it was the most random, but it was one of the best grilled cheeses that you could find. However, the biggest part about the Sam's experience that I had the uh, last weekend was after I was, you know, looking through the beer aisle, trying to figure out how I was going to wash down my grilled cheese and uh, go over and get my, uh, my little slushy that I always get the icy and, Boy, their, their pretzel is amazing. I did find that you can buy the pretzel now in the back store, so I don't need to get it at the front of the store anymore. Excited about that part. But I'm digging through. We're looking through the candy aisle. She's trying to find a certain candy that she wants, and I hear this beep, beep. And I'm like, all right, there's a guy on the sweeper. Odd time to be sweeping. Okay, but I keep hearing this beep, beep. I'm like, what the world is going on? So I look over, and there's one of those little sweepers, right? Like, But there's nobody on it. And it's sitting there for a little bit and then it beeps again and then it starts moving. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Why is that sweeper moving? I walk over to it and I took a picture because I, I was, I was enthralled. I thought this was the most amazing thing ever. And I felt sorry at the same time. The person that used to walk around and check on stuff got replaced by the sweeper that now has this like computer and cameras on the side so they took this sweeper and changed into not just a sweeper, but also it goes around and checks inventory and goes up to each thing. And this camera takes photos and it, holy shit. Like, yep. way to go, Sam's Club. Like, they really well, stepped, like, I thought it was super cool. Like, and at the same time, I go, 
wow, boy, technology just happened as somebody just lost. Somebody just lost. Technology yeah. happened as somebody just lost. There's two things about your story. A, you're now somebody that eats food at the store, which is, A, that's that's a tough place to be. It is. Those people that, that get snacks off some, I mean, come on, dude. For those in the audience, don't be that guy. Okay? Don't don't be snack at the store guy. All right? Don't don't be that. That's like buffet guy. Just Just be better. Can't have it. So I think the telling part of here is, is that this is the pandemic, right? Nobody wants to work. Nobody wanted to work and Sam's club needed something. And some company had been calling on them for like 10 years saying, we got this cool robot. And they're like, well, we're not going to spend those millions of dollars. Pandemic hit. They go, you know what we got now? Nobody to pay. So we got these extra millions. Why don't we go ahead and solve a bunch of birds with one stone or whatever the term is, but that's what happened, right? The, the pandemic sped up these types of automations and look fast food is next i mean it's not just the key people are like oh yeah you can just pay at the key i'm not talking about i'm talking about the person flipping the burger and doing the fries that's over with they're gonna find every way to make your local jack-in-the-box or carl's jr or mcdonald's or whatever almost a hundred percent you know automated and all these entry-level jobs are going to go away because everybody was, they weren't making enough money. Well, you're about to find out how much money you're not making. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and here's the other part that is going to be interesting that, that has come out recently as we move into kind of what we want to talk about. Like, I not only was to eat the snacks at the Sam's Club, I was also, I used to do that guy. Oh, right, so well, yeah, well. I know it gets worse, man. It gets worse. Like I'm, my, my social skills are just continuing to go further down the ramp. Uh, <laughs> the, the other the, last week we had a charger come in and I uh, was working. It's a case guy that's used this probably two or three, eh, three years at least, if not longer. Uh, and it's, it's only for cars that his wife gets. He always gets his wife's cars coded. Right. And it started that we, we did a, a really great, you know, polished job on it a couple of years ago. Really great experience. He enjoyed it. And then in, every time that his wife gets a new car, he brings it over to me and we get it looking great. And he just mostly wants it protected. Right. Like this one, it was the same. It was a brand new one. So he's like, hey, you know, whatever you need to do, if you need to get some scratches out. And I did a story on it. It's like, there's no scratch. There's no reason to go in with some compound and remove some clear coat. No reason to do any of that. Maintain it. Keep it looking great for the people that have it in seven or eight years so that that detailer doesn't run into some problems because I was so, you know, ready to get cutting on paint. So, we, you know, give it a nice light polish and put on tray. And after, you know, doing it, he picks it up. We're looking at it. I just go. Man, I was curious, you know, what, what is it you do for a living? He goes, well, I'm a landscaper. What did I get to say? Well, oh, I used to do landscaping. <laughs> hey, by the way, look at this. I did it last weekend. I was pulling out some of my hostas and I, I transplanted these over here. And I just went, wait a second. That, I'm that, that guy. To put a bullet in his head so quick. I used oh, to he landscape. Did, man. You looked over at his face and he was just like, what the fuck? And I go, yeah, man, all good. Everything looks great. All right, man. Have a great weekend. We'll see. Yeah. And I, I, but I couldn't help it, man. I just fell right into it. 
what we all hate, I threw right back at him. And it's an interesting perspective to think about how that is used, right? Like we we did an episode yeah. back in, in February of 21 and it was on the word perspective and how guys should gals detailers should have a perspective when they're looking across the industry. And one that's really that we, we have had these massive, like, Red, red sirens going off, flags are flying, is how many people suddenly are starting to tell us in their, whatever they want to put out, whether it's podcasts, whether it's YouTube videos, it doesn't even, even seem to matter of which part, segment of the industry they're in. They just always want to tell us, hey, I, I used to detail. And yeah. so because of that, I vet my products and I've, I've done this and it, you're, you're okay. Everything should be good because I used, used to, to detail. detail. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's, this is a tough episode for us to have, right? Like, let's be very upfront with this. This has been an ongoing battle for you and I for a couple of years. It's not just recent. We're, we're having, uh, you know, there's a lot of padding people on the back in our industry. You know, you ever notice that? Oh, you, you know, you got a podcast and I got a podcast and you got a YouTube channel and we're, we're doing great things for the industry. It's a lot of, a lot of patting each other on the back. So a lot of times what doesn't get looked at is where's the value. Yeah. You're putting a lot of content out. Have you ever asked yourself what the value is? All right. I mean, but let me put it a different way. If your neighbor walked up to you while you were detailing a car, maybe it was yours, or maybe you're doing a customers at your shop or whatever. And somebody walked up and go, Hey, Marty, is my next, right? We'd have a laugh. But then what if the person continued on and said, you know, I used to detail. You'd have another laugh as you did to your landscaper. What's funny now, and I think we see this more and more, is that now so-called industry leaders are your neighbor telling you they used to detail. That's a crazy turn of events. You should trust me. I used to detail. You would laugh at your neighbor. You'd laugh at your dad. You'd laugh at your brother if he said that to you. But you listen to the guy in the industry that tells you that. Where's the perspective here? The perspective on my boat is as soon as somebody says those words, I'm out. You have no reason to say them. You can sell your product. You can sell your tool. You can sell your chemical. By just telling me how great it is. Hey, this is why we developed it. If you aren't detailing and you haven't detailed since the eighties or the nineties, or maybe you detailed when you were 16 and then somebody says you used to have a company, but you didn't, you kind of have this company profile and it's like, yeah, I just kind of dabbled in it. But that person over here said that you were a killer detailer with a big company. That wasn't true. And you didn't say it was true, but they did walk yourself through this guys. The reason we're saying this stuff is, is it's not easy to say. And I don't want to get on here and not provide value. And so some people need to wake the F up. You know, why does it matter? Let's, let's dive into that question. Like, why does it matter for a young detailer or which we used to say, remember, young into the age or young into the business or just anybody that watches YouTube or listens to podcasts I mean, why does it matter that they used to detail or when we hear that, should we have a red flag warning? Like, should I go, Oh, that's cool. Right. Like, Oh, 
that's awesome. You used to detail, or should I go, uh oh, red flag? I go, well, I think it's a red flag because what, what's happening is they're using it as a, hey, now I'm qualified. That seems to be the context it's always set in. It's never just set in, hey, man, I screwed around back in the day, but I just love selling this tool. It's never that way. It's always under a serious moment when they go, and you know what? I used to do this. And they're using it as a credibility tool. I don't have to use anything as a credibility tool. I got a shop. We laid uh, four coatings this morning. <laughs> you were a witness to that. I don't have to say what I used to do. I don't have to tell you what used to happen in my career. So I don't have to make something up to get credibility. And I don't feel like anybody else should have to do that either. Nobody's saying for you to sell a pad or for you to sell a chemical or for you to sell a tool that you have to say you used to detail. So why is it so prevalent? Because the industry has okayed the little white lie. And that's the way that people get their credibility when they go work for a business that they don't own, right? They, they go sell a tool. They get to say they used to detail and now they're in the club. But if they don't say they used to detail, then they think they're going to be an outsider. I don't think that at all. I think if you work for a pad company, you know a lot about that pad, I'm all in. I don't care if you used to detail, if you can educate me on the pad. But why are so many people using, I used to detail, and all of you would laugh at your neighbor if he said that. But, but some of you are getting training from that guy. I mean, think about that. You're getting your information from that person. The guy you would laugh at if he were your neighbor, you're okay with it because why? He's got something on his shirt? She's got something on her shirt? I mean, what, what would be the reason? And here's why it is important for perspective. If somebody's using something so silly for credibility, they're using it because they don't think they have enough credibility to actually know what they're talking about, in my opinion. I can come on here and talk for hours about detailing. It's not even an effort for me. Let me tell you this. We've had a lot of people on this podcast, Marty, with you and I over the years. It's a struggle for them to talk detailing. You want to know why? Because they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, it's just that simple. We have got to start understanding that our industry only grows, only gets more credibility if we start raising up the people that actually have credibility. That's where the perspective comes in. And if you keep supporting people, that don't have that credibility, you're, you know, that you so want in this industry, the industry is never going to get it. The people that are being put up now, they're not giving us credibility. Not now. All right. So let's walk through maybe some, if we're going to go, okay, that's a red flag. Okay. It could be some problems here. What are those problems, right? Like what really, if I'm listening to somebody and they say, oh, I used to detail here, you should use this X, Y, and Z product or tool or whatever. I've vetted it for the past year. <laughs> what? What? Dude. I mean, does it, does it matter? Does, should I, should I be concerned then that he's now telling me about this product that since he used to detail that now he has it, tested something for a year. I mean, how many, and especially he doesn't detail anymore. So what's he testing it on? I mean, it just, there's a lot of questions that I start to, to wonder about. And, and then the overall you know, question is, well, well, I guess, why does it matter? And you, you made that statement, like if they're going to have a little white lie about something, then 
does that little white lie creep into actually why he's trying to get me to buy the product? Yeah, that that that's kind of where my head goes, right? Like, why why choose that moment to tell a white lie? Like, because you're doing it for credibility. So let's take it out of detailing. Anybody that's run a business for any length of time has had somebody financially involved in their business, a bookkeeper, an accountant, whatever. And most business owners I've ever talked to have some kind of story like, hey, I had this bookkeeper, man, and she put me behind the eight ball. HyperClean's had it. VR has had it. I'm sure your your uh, distribution business had it, Marty. And were those people nefarious and stealing money? No, not most cases, but they were giving you bad advice. And because they told you they had the credibility and maybe you even got a referral to them, it puts you behind the eight ball, right? You had to clean up a mess somewhere along the line and say, you know, if I would have just hired the right bookkeeper and listened to the right person, I would have been in a better spot, correct? So it's the same thing with what's going on in the pro-sumer and pro-market. It's all gravy, man. Everybody can sit here and say, oh, it's no big deal. We've talked to people behind the scenes, and I mean a lot of people, who are talking about this training situation in our industry because now it's a problem. It's out of control. No, it was out of control five years ago, but you just went along with it. Right. And what happens is when you keep going along with things, your industry keeps getting affected. It keeps getting chewed away. The credibility goes away. And what people don't want to do in our industry, it seems is they just have tough, honest questions, tough, honest conversation. Nobody's trying to call some. If I was trying to call someone out, I could list 15 names right now. You could list companies. You, nobody's trying to call anybody out. We're trying to have an honest conversation. And the reason it's a problem for you young guys in this business is because it can get you started on the wrong foot that leads you to failure. Just like a financial person in your business can derail your business, even when they didn't do something nefarious like steal money, they gave you bad advice. Maybe you didn't take the write-offs you should have taken. Maybe you could have saved money here. Maybe they overpaid this. I mean, I had somebody overpay my taxes. So my money was sitting with the government instead of me being able to invest it in my business. Did they do something bad? Like, you know, ruin my life? No, but they took an exceptional amount of money out of my business that could have helped me grow. So to sit here and think that, these trainings or this information on YouTube or podcasts don't have a negative effect, I think is just, it's simply not true. Yeah. Cause you could definitely say you could, you could, you could do this little connection point. If, right. If people had the perspective and which we've said, go do some homework. So you got the perspective that you got a guy on there talking about, Hey, use this product. I've edited for a year. It makes beads. And oh, by the way, it's got this guy's name on it, but don't worry about he's here to help you, right? We're here to help. We're here to help. Let's disregard that he told people to close their doors down during Corona and some people lost their dream while others had to dig themselves out of a grave because of this horrible advice saying, close your doors, go for a hike. But by the way, I've vetted this guy's product for a year. It's great. Well, there's some dot connections there that you go, Wait a second. That makes no sense at all. I, so why even say that you, you've done all the, it, it just, that's a giant red flag that you would need to say that you did this. 
and then to, to push and to do it. That, let's go back to one that we found that's very funny, and we've probably beat this dead horse. I'm here to help, right? Like, I mean, now you literally hear it, and there's this group, right? It's this good old boy club of groups that are all kind of funneling each other. You know, they're all here to help. And oh, by the way, the best thing you can do for your career is build it up so great that one day you also could be here to help everybody else and work for a brand. Wait, what? Did they really just say that? Yeah, come come to my training, learn a skill that then I'm going to tell you not to use in five years because you're going to go work for somebody's brand. Oh. doesn't make any sense. But how many of you are not connecting the dots? We're here to connect the dots for you. Got to wake up, man. We're going to we're going to experience. And I know some of you are experiencing it now. Money's dried up. Business is dried up for some of you. You don't think the information you take in matters? Okay. If you get good information from your doctor, does it matter? Yeah, I think it probably matters. If you got a great financial advisor, you think you're going to be in a better spot in 10 years? Probably. Information matters or it wouldn't exist, right? People wouldn't be bitching about the news and which channel they watch if information didn't matter. Information matters. Our industry, unfortunately, has not taken it very seriously on the pro side of things. And I'll ask this question, Marty. You and I get sent a lot. You and I have a lot of people in this business we respect. People in our network, people from other companies that send us stuff and go, hey, what's going on here? And they're scratching their head. I go, hey, have you listened to this episode? Have you watched this YouTube video? I, I think recently we're, we're right around seven to eight hours worth of stuff that's been sent to me on interviews, et cetera. I can't find 15 minutes of value in eight hours worth of content from all kinds of different people. Guys, I just want to get you to think. I don't care if any of you agree with me. I want you to think for yourself. Hyper clean way is we're going to tell you exactly what works in this business and you're going to do with it what you want. Want and there's going to be times that you far exceed the things, uh, uh, exceed the things that we talk about, and you build this great business and you use two or three things that we told you, and you do these other 15 things we didn't even say a word about, right? But we're now in a position where when times get tough, you're going to get penalized for the people you listen to, or you're going to be watching everybody have a tough time and you're going to be going out and buying a boat, which we have happening in our business right now. You know, buy a new car, buy a new bike, because you know what? Money's great. We had people kill it all through the pandemic. Not every company that was given advice can say that. And so we get to all of these things that get put out into the ether, Marty, constantly said in our industry, and they don't lead to better things. They don't lead to you making more money. They don't lead to you being in a better place mentally. They actually lead you to be being put behind the eight ball in a really tough spot. And I think, you know, look, you were a part of, uh, you know, a discussion last week where, you know, that kind of happened. We just have all of this stuff thrown out in our industry and the perspective behind it is not good. It just isn't. Yeah. I, I found that very curious and interesting. I kept saying in the, the episode last week that I was on very grateful for Mr. Kimball inviting me and I had a great time. I, I kept saying, Wow, I find this very fascinating and very interesting that we're here talking in April of 2022 <clears throat> about burnout. 
Like, I, I really scratched my head through it. You and I had three or four different discussions on whether or not we should even, I should even go do it because it was like, what are they going to, what, why? Like, huh? And inside of that discussion, what was cool, uh, thankful for Mr. Hine and his wife and the input that they put out and we kind of came to a, a head where I asked the question and put the, the dots together and said, hey, probably see that a lot of this issues, a lot of the burnout or problems that people are having where they're suddenly not quite knowing what to do next. You think it's because that we've we've put all of our stock into people that tell us what to do and they, they used to detail and now they're here to help and they're really doing a great job of helping the industry. Listen, there's people now getting awards. You can now vote on who's helping the most, right? People are getting awards for how much they help the industry. Isn't that like being like the number one IRS agent? I think so. <laughs> and, and all the, the people that are burnt out and running into these problems have all been funneled from listening and working and using and being a part of, and they're passionate about all this stuff that, that the, the, the crowd, so to speak, the good old boy group is, is putting out that they're here to help, but goddamn, April of 2022, we're just months away from mobile tech where everybody was talking about economy and the, the troubles that they're starting to see in economy. And just a few short months later, now there's detailers that are burnt out because they've been listening to these people. And that's what became very clear and evident in that episode. These people that are here to help have now led a massive amount of group of young detailers into moments where they're burnt out in April of 2022. What? Yeah, but best five years, five to seven year run in the detailing business history, Yeah, especially the best run in the last 24 months. I mean, we had massive numbers across the industry from vendors to detailers, especially those listening to us, which we're very happy for our crew of people that are out there killing it and still killing it. Uh, I hate in life when things are put into the ether and constantly repeated as fact. Uh, you know, I don't, I've had some conversations with some young guys where they've said some really head scratching things about how they feel about how much they're working, et cetera. And everybody's entitled to make their own decisions. Uh, I've been at this 24 years. I've been a business owner since 2010. I've never even come. I never even had the thought of burnout. I don't even know what the hell that means. Uh, that's nothing's ever good enough for me. I want to make more money. I want to do better. I want to have more clients. I want to do higher quality work. I want to build hyper clean. Uh, and I certainly do go through tough times where things aren't great. And, you know, we can share something that hyper cleans going through all the time. We have products guys that we're trying to develop that we've been battling for six months. Cause they're not good. They're not where we want them to be. They're not right. And we just, could you call that burnout? Yeah, if you were uneducated about it. But what it is, it's just a part of owning a business. And HyperClean's biggest battle is how do you overbuild the products? So much in our industry is underbuilt. We want to go above and beyond and overbuild. So what may be acceptable to 99% of the companies in this industry is not acceptable to me and Marty and HyperClean. So we sit there and we work and we battle. We just had a conversation 35 minutes ago about a product that is completely frustrating us, but it's not burnout. Because when this product is right, 
there's a big money trail at the end of it. Just like when you're chasing something in your business, you may have times where it's not working, but if you're certain that it's the right thing to do, you're like, you know what? I'm going to make a shit ton of money when I get this right. Well, yeah, it's got to be that point, right? It's got to be that suddenly things are not working. Because that's the only time I can remember when I think about moments where I've looked in question, right? Like there was a moment where my auto spa at the mall business crashed. It failed. I was not happy. I questioned hmm, for about two or three seconds, right? Like maybe yeah. I just shouldn't do this if I if I failed my business, right? But I had all the history of the other businesses, the history of still running the, the mobile business. It's just, I really thought this was going to be like the yeah, next cool thing, for, right? Yeah. Like, and it failed. And I, so I can understand from that perspective, if you're failing at something, then when you, it's time to go, hmm, maybe I should go in a different direction. Sure. So maybe, I mean, it could possibly be that, there's Marty, hundreds and thousands of these people. But let me stop you. Everybody's been killing it. Everybody's been killing it. Right? Nobody's made more money. Everybody's killing it. Everybody's crushing it. I look at everybody's Instagram page. They're detailing all these cars. I know guys detailing, like us, hundreds of cars a week. Those guys have tough times. I have tough times. They've never used the word burnout. They've never used that, you know, they're, they're, they don't know what to do. Nah, man, they, they have some tough times, but again, I see so much content around burnout. Come on, man. What, why are we putting that into the ether? Maybe here's what we need to say. There's some men and women that own businesses and detailing that need to start asking themselves if they should just go work for somebody. There is nothing wrong with that. And we need to start saying that out loud in this world of detailing. There's some of us that shouldn't own a business. It's not for us. Because again, we get into this business ownership thing and we talk about it as if it's a right and wrong question. It's not right and wrong, man. There's some people, the personalities, they fit being a business owner. There's other people that make a lot of money working for someone else. Why is there a right and wrong? But if you're using the word burnout and you're 22 years old, do yourself a favor, man. Go work for a high quality detailing company because you love detailing. Put your headphones in. Do detailing all day because you love it. Make a bunch of money because, look, detailing companies are paying a bunch of money to find good quality people now. There's no reason to be burnt out. There's no reason. So what you're doing is you're listening to this narrative that so-called leaders in the industry are putting out about being burnt out, it's not a real thing. That's a mental state of mind you've allowed yourself to just believe in because people are talking about it. People that make a lot of money in detailing aren't burnt out. doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. I know a lot of people travel 300 days a year and make a lot of money. My clients, they're not burnt out. They got times they're tired. They got times they got to say, hey, man, let me take a day or two. doesn't mean you're burnt out. But this is the importance of content. This is the importance of perspective. It's not that I disagree with you. Show me a 20-year-old that should be burned out. Come on, man. That's crazy. Like that, that's just not that's just not even reality at all. And that's just a bad way of seeing it. Well, and Ed, let's let's chomp on that for a second because 
we think about perspective and we want to connect some dots. And you, you made an interesting point that, you know, they might be hitting burnout because they're running into some tough times. Interesting that the people that told them that if they make it, that means that they'll get to go work for a brand just like them that are working for a brand and they got into some tough times and they quit and then went to go work for a brand. And now telling the people that are in tough times just to trust them, they're, they're here to help. Yeah. So, so let's reference something. Can you say I'm tired of doing something? Yeah. I'm burned out from cleaning rims. Yeah. I'm burned out from, uh, you know, doing, look, we, we talk about this all the time. There's a lot of guys that have held a machine for a long time and they don't want to do massive two-stage correction anymore. Right. They're just like, I'm burned out from doing it. I've been burned out from doing that. I'm not burned out on running my business and I'm not burned out on detailing. I'm at a moment when I go, I can't do this anymore. Right. I got to find a better way. What we seem to be telling people at this point is when you're burned out, if you just sit there and say, Hey, I'm burned out, this is tough. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got this person. I got that. I got to pay this bill. Yeah, we all have that. But true business owners find a way to pivot away from that. Not out of, hey, I'm burned out because I can't detail a car anymore. It's, hey, you know what? I've, I've cleaned a lot of rims over the years, and I, I just need to kind of find a better way to clean that rim. That's the way to discuss it. Right? Because I've done some things in my career, let me be very frank, where I was just done with it. I was like, man, I, I don't want to do that anymore. But I didn't talk about my business sucking. I didn't talk about it as I was burned out on detailing or my business. I was burned out on doing that one thing. So I also had to ask myself, does this mean if I'm burned out on this, I can't grow my business from this? And largely, that's what I found at a point in my career. When I was doing... 50, 100 hour paint corrections. Let me be very clear. And I was doing collection work on that level. I didn't want to do it anymore. But I also knew when I'd step back, I couldn't grow a business doing that because how many people could I hire to do that? Right? So the conversation we should be having is, okay, Marty, you're tired of cleaning rims. You're burned out. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to hire five people today and we're going to clean more rims than ever. You didn't run away from the rim. You ran towards the rim and you solved the problem of you not wanting to do it anymore, right? And I think you shared that on the episode. Most guys are burned out because they don't see a way out in the model they've chosen. All of us have gotten there. The question is, what are you going to do to get out of it? And what we see is a lot of guys going down with the ship. Well, I like this coating brand, so I'm going to keep putting a 15-year coating on and a lifetime coating on because that's what I believe in. Okay, you have no way out. So you're going to continue to burn yourself by continuing to go down the same road. And nobody can help you. And getting on a podcast and bitching about it doesn't do anything because you're not going to change what the fundamental problem is. I couldn't grow my business, let me be clear, doing 100-hour restoration details. There was no way to do it. And everybody that I know that's still in that business, they're a one-man operation. And I didn't want that for myself. So instead of complaining about it, I had to step back and say, okay, it's time for me to build a business. And if you're not going to do that, 
that's when you should go work for somebody because that's a way, way better life than sitting there trying to fight, 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 and continuing to talk about burnout. That, that to me, just, I'm not okay with that. So if, if last year, 2021 was a great pullout, is 2022 the, the great slowdown? There's, there's no doubt that more and more continue to talk about slowdown and is a perspective that detailers should start to really think about is, listen, is, is this coding that I'm using inhibiting my slowdown? Is it increasing my slowdown? Is what I'm doing, my process and everything that I'm doing, is it continuing to lead me towards a burnout phase because the slowdown, quote unquote, that others are experiencing isn't what hyperclean installers are experiencing. Hyperclean installers are experiencing really actually an incredible user experience, a price point that creates value for not only them to install it, but a price point for their customer to be able to get it to use in their car life. I mean, there's definitely a link also if you connect the dots. You mentioned that we've got installers that are actually, they're having the best years that they've had and even year before was great and they're having an even better year this year right like using uno dose and tray on a daily two or three times a day basis they they really don't know what else to do they're they're having so much fun just installing the coatings there's no even question it's not even a blimp on a radar this word of burnout or slowdown there's is a skyrocket going up because of the user experience, why it's beneficial to them in today's economy. You're experiencing it where it's crazy. Yeah. We look, we install a bunch of coding. I run through tons of bottles of coding. I don't spend my time on social media telling you how great the last two or three years have been for my company. Um, I just keep rocking and rolling. I mean, we're sitting here in my shop where we're not even actively trying to put a bunch of cars in the shop. I got two cars in the shop. I did four coatings this morning with my team. You know, we run a business where we charge a pretty premium price. So this whole idea that Uno, Dos, and Trey have to be done at a discount isn't true either. You got to find what works for you, man. You got to build a business and your business is going to look different than my business, but there's some principles that we all can carry that allow you to have success. And you know, what's been put in the ether in this business, man, has been a real strange thing for me to watch. Because I worked for a pretty revolutionary company about 20 years ago. And they were driving around in vans and making a lot of money. And I mean, real jack. And they weren't sitting here talking about burnout or this problem or that problem. They were just getting after it. And I think my message is, we haven't even seen where this, this economy can go. We're at the tip of the iceberg. And to be leaders in this, I'm going to tell you guys, you better put your head down and you better figure out whether this is for you because it's going to get tough. And if you're having troubles now, you got to stop saying the word burnout and say, okay, have I chosen something that doesn't give me sustainability? I've had to make those calls in my business. You've had to make those calls in your business. We have to make those calls at HyperClean. Every damn business in the world makes that call. That's the way we should be talking about it, is that you're not burnt out 
because you love something and it's going well, you're burned out because more than likely you've chosen something that's not sustainable. I, I was in the position. I can sympathize with it. I couldn't do high-end restoration work and build a team of people. Couldn't have happened. So I stepped back, I reorganized, and I went in the direction that allowed me to build a big company. Why are we not talking about it in that way? Because everyone's been to the point where they say, I'm tired of cleaning rims. Every human that's ever detailed a car has said that. I'm tired of doing massive paint correction. I'm We've all been there. So how do you scale past that so you can still be a detailer, still do what you love to do, but it allows you to be in a position where you get to do a lot more of what you love to do and not all the things that you're like, hey, I just had enough of. Well, good perspective, definitely. I, I know I know this is going to be stuff for people to chew on. Like their, their radar is going to be out now. And when they start seeing the, hey, we're here to help, and they start hearing the, I used to detail. I can't wait to have somebody send us a <laughs> screenshot of when they, they made a comment and they go, Oh, you're that guy. Right? Like, I'm a, oh, you're that maybe neighbor. One day that I'll get to say that. I'll be like, Hey, Marty, I used to detail back in, you know, 2022, but hopefully it's a long way from now. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Nick, have a great week, brother. All right, man. Talk soon. See ya. Hey, this is Marshall and. If you're one of those people, I, you see it, right? You see it out there and you see these posts and you hear these episodes. Listen, at one point in time, do you start going, you know what? I'm here to help too. And I'm one that's running a detailing business. Hmm. And you start to actually push back. Why is it good to have that kind of perspective? Why is it good for those around you? for you to begin to have perspective on what people say of, I used to detail or to hear people that talk about how I'm burnt out. Well, maybe, maybe you're having that moment. Come on, interact with us at Hyperclean. Choose a DM. Let's figure out how we can help. We, we get people all the time that send us messages and ask for help. We're happy to help. We're here to help, <laughs> but not in that way. Hey, this is Marshall. And I hope that not only you make it a great day, but you began to really look at what you could do with HyperClean Uno Docentre. We're at a moment. We're at a moment that if you could add a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, ten thousand dollars, depending on whatever size business you're in, I know that Uno Docentre could continue to add a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand dollars to your business. And that's how I say we're here to help. It's practical. It's based on the product, the process, and having purpose. You can do it. I believe in you. This is Marshall from Hyperclean. Make it a great day.